Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Articule Panda par Khalid El Morabeti. Articule est dans tout ce que j'articule, Panda. Et à l'intérieur de tout ce que j'articule, Panda. Et tout ce dont je me souviens, j'insulte, j'articule, Panda. J'entends dans la cuisine, j'articule, je prends un objet dans la main, j'articule, je suis lié, Panda. Comme par hasard, je suis lié à une grande personne, Panda. Comme par hasard, je suis lié à une violence, une belle violence, une belle homme violente, Panda. Comme par hasard, je suis lié à un rêve, j'articule un beau rêve, la violence, un rêve, une belle violence, j'insulte, un magnifique rêve et la violence, Panda. Je suis lié à un immeuble, je trouve une image d'une grande personne qui sort du présent, je suis fasciné, je suis lié à cette image, je suis lié à cette idée, Panda. Ok, bien, la grande violence, je me souviens, J'insulte, j'y arrive. Le grand monsieur, il arrive. Je vais lui dire salut, j'articule. Je vais lui dire salut, j'articule. J'attends, salut. Comment ça s'est passé? Je ne connais pas ce monsieur ou bien oui, panda. La grande fascination, la grande violence, la grande liaison, le grand panda. La ficelle, l'enfant, je me souviens, le cœur, l'évolution, panda. Comme par hasard, je suis lié à une fantôme, à un souvenir, je me souviens. J'insulte, merde, panda. Comme par hasard, je suis lié à une fantôme, celui de William Blake, tigre, tigre, panda. Il arrive, je l'entends. La bouche ouverte, un éléphant dans la mâchoire. Je suis comme silencieux, la ficelle dans le cerveau. Je vais lui dire tout simplement « Salut, panda ». Je vais attendre dans la cuisine. Il va ouvrir la porte, j'articule « Salut, panda ». Je suis lié à une « Salut, c'est beau ». Ne pas mourir avant de dire « Salut, panda ». La bouche ouverte, j'avale mes doigts et comme par hasard, je vais vomir. Comme par hasard, toutes les explications vont sortir. Il arrive, je suis lié et incapable de penser à autre chose que panda. Le grand courage, la belle ficelle, le silence, je suis incapable de sortir. J'attends la bouche ouverte, la violence dans la mâchoire, les dents d'une autre. Je suis lié à une signification, j'ai droit à une unique et grande explication. Panda, il arrive. Il va m'expliquer, viens monsieur, panda. Je suis lié, je crois, comme par hasard, il me croit, j'insulte, je me souviens, le cœur, le fantôme, il arrive, la porte, j'attends, panda. Et à l'intérieur de tout ce que j'articule, panda, il n'y aurait jamais de fin, panda, merde, panda, salut, j'articule, voilà, je suis silencieux, panda, merde, salut, le mur.
Oh, hey, it's me. You're not always so friendly neighborhood outlaw. And uh, it's Monday. It's sunny. I'm going camping. Well, I'm camping with Catherine Audio, who's been my lovely co-host. I believe we're going to go over a few poems from Best Canadian Poetry and talk about them as poems, as promised. That's the plan when we're in Hinton at a uh, campsite of some sort. It's a mystery to me right now. And all I know is we're planning on swimming in Kelly's bathtub for sure. So today I actually wanted to do a really positive podcast. There's no gurs, there's no ows, there's no uggs. Well, maybe one or two, but they're not mine. They're somebody else's. Uh, What I want to do is to talk to you about the Fiddleheads summer poetry issue. It's a very long running literary journal from Atlantic Canada and mostly it has a very high standard of poetry, but I was quite surprised at how consistently good the selections for the summer poetry issue are. Uh, this might have something to do with Sue Sinclair's editorial uh, ship over the magazine. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was refreshing to me because Sometimes I get bogged down in feeling hypercritical. I get overwhelmed by the sense that things are closing or shrinking or diminishing or homogenizing or becoming reductive or just plain old dull. And I want to be surprised. I want to be shocked. I want to be delighted uh, as I was by that French poem that I recited at the beginning, Articule Panda. Um, I know there's a few words in there for you French speakers that I misarticulated, but hey, um, French is my very second language and uh, I read it cold, but yes, it startled me. It's weird. It's jolting. It's awkward. It's odd. It's surreal and it feels very genuine. And so I thought, first of all, I'd let you know about a review in the back of this this uh, collection of poems. It's all it's all poems. It's a summer poetry issue, and there's all reviews of books of poems at the end, except that um, George Eliot Clark's "Where Beauty Survived," which is a memoir of his young years, is reviewed by Robert Coleman, and that that was the only kind of disconcerting note for me is that the the poetry reviews are again essentially overviews and veering more to regular gushes whereas this prose review takes risks and you know as I said there's going to be one ug well this is Robert Coleman's ug and it's a perfectly valid one uh George Eliot Clark great writer what's his flaw he overwrites so Coleman says uh he can be charged with verbosity Uh, He writes with undeniable force, but how much is too much? When are the details going to add up? And he critiques pacing and basically just over-describing, over-explaining of details or including details that are, again, only important maybe for for Clark uber-aficionados, but I'd say mostly for Clark himself. Uh, One can get very self-focused with lots of lauding, and think that 
utterly everything about you is fascinating when obviously that's never the case, no matter how compelling a life you have. And uh, so he concludes by saying that Clark's poems tell the story of his life best rather than this memoir. And I applaud critical reviews. Again, is this a negative review? What is negative? Negative to me is only seeing one side. And if you're at the point where you read a book and you can only see, oh God, this is awful. I just have everything bad to say about it. Well, don't review it because kind of like if you read a book and you only have good things to say about it and you don't feel you can be critical about it at all for whatever reason, maybe you're not the reader and the critic for this book. But if you can come up with an articulate, interesting, engaged, compelling review that shows your mind is, you know, inhabiting the text and you're able to thusly be balanced and measured in your assessment as Coleman certainly is in this review of Clark's memoir then it's you know fascinating just as a text in and of itself the review because it shows a mind at work and that's always um, interesting necessary and uh, just just refreshing. Uh, I'm just, I'm tired of us being afraid of anything in any way. And um, it's really boring. That's not what we are as artists. Artists don't live in fear. Artists are always pushing towards the edge and the energy and the unknown. Uh, and otherwise, we're just not making the beauty and power that we need to. So I thought I'd just pull out a couple of the poems that I, I really was fascinated by in this summer poetry issue. Uh, one is a poet, American poet I've never heard of before, Lisa Russ Spar, and she's published a whole ton of books. Um, I find it, it's always a shame when I, I read a poet that I, I really like, and then I look at their bio and I'm like, oh, they've, they've written so many books, published so many books, and I, I've never heard of them before. But there you go. That's one of the reasons why literary magazines exist. They exist to help you discover not just new poets, but poets who are new to you and to create a sense of literary community where you have those who are just starting out and you have those who've published for many years and they become in conversation with each other. It seems lately that literary magazines are mostly about, okay, contests and, you know, who's going to give us the $34 for their three poems so that we can keep publishing and then you get your year subscription. And I want to be able to to buy these literary magazines because they're they're really good texts. They're 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 fascinating sources of what's going on, you know, in this country and other countries, uh, poetically speaking, and you know, also in terms of other forms of literature and especially reviews as well. And it helps you know disseminate those crucial um, modes of advancing our ability to think about literature. So yeah, I really like this whole sequence of carols that uh, Spar has, and particularly I like I like Sumac Carol. I'll read it for you. Rusted droops, hairy lanterns hung from shrubs, hunchbacked burns promiscuous in the roadside gorges, long ago transplanted from Judea, are just the weight of my heart in fall, lent to Selden bent on leaving all a lacquered pelvic clench monarchal as the year goes done. Nor am I done with its red, your lips once pleased, crushing with weight our bodies in flux. In panicles and swoon we throb still, despite the cool bone of age, come earlier each day, our crimson prints all over the gray. 
what a mood she evokes in these couplets. And, you know, you have this uh, scientific language, this Latinate language, like monarchal and panicles. And then you have this very pure Anglo-Saxon simplicity of, you know, the heart and the bone. And you have uh, lots of colors, uh, sensory energies. Uh, and then what's compelling to me right now is that sense of transition, subject matter-wise, that, that shift between parts of existence and how to accustom oneself to those times in life that are full of even more mystery than, than usual. And then what else did I pick out next? Well, I picked out some, let's see. Well, you know, it's just pretty consistently good. But I picked out another American poet, uh, Kim uh, Adonisio. I really like her. She's got a way of inhabiting a narrative that is full of imagery and questioning and somehow can say things that are melancholic without being sentimental, which is really tricky. And uh, her poem, Vanishing Point, is especially good. Lines like, apparently, art is not to be trusted. Uh, and then at the end, let's go get a real drink before we succumb to whatever's going to destroy us. She has long lines she creates very um, almost ekphrastic pieces. And you have this, this center, uh, essentially a poetic essay from Lisa Robertson, who's always intriguing, about being a hag, uh, which is not written about very often in poetry still. And we have uh, Sylvia Legree, who again is always even you know, when I like certain work more or less, I'm always intrigued by what she does because she's always mixing dictions and she's always grounding her poetry in research and uh, nature is always within it, but never again in a sentimentalized way. So she's got a piece in, uh, let's see, each of the stanzas has six lines and there's one, two, three, four of them. And it's called Lines with a Corresponding Suborder Songbird Pitch. And I guess I'll just read you the first six lines so you can get a sense of her sounds. Lines of wing feather notes, the spaces between sound, a low-key, discreet alarm call collapsing in the so-called conspicuous sleep of leaves, a nightfall of lateral leaflets, drip of delta and slow-wave rain with a syncopated auditory blueprint Fitful breath, corrugated sleep, friction of positive and negative, heliotropism of midrib, of barb. Yes, if you don't have an ear, why are you a poet? I don't know. That's just my absolute baseline for wanting to write poetry, needing to write poetry, being a poet in the world is the music. And then we have two other uh, younger poets who are definitely uh, evincing an ear. And these two pieces are about grief and change and self-analysis. And they're, they're really quite amazing. The first one's Cassidy McFadzian's poem with no perspective, which talks about, is there a reason that you didn't grieve the loss in various ways? And 
it, it uses words like abrasive, but also fluffy. Uh, I like fruit, which is dusty. And then she keeps repeating how she's writing a poem with no prospects or perspective. I'm a lonely person, but I like it that way. You wonder if the poet likes the bad feeling or is just expressing it. Deep down, I suspect I deserve this violence. So all these startling, moving, disturbing, emotional lines that are leaping about or just stamping their feet within these images of furnaces and bulbs and green paper and fluffy coats and Prospect Park. And I, I love that movement back and forth between the focus more on the visual and then the more on the um, emotional and in this case, very melancholic thread. Super relate to that right now. I've been uh, down more than up these days. So when you read a poem that, again, doesn't take uh, that emotion and make it greeting card-esque or invalidate it, but in fact shows that meandering, aimless, you know, kind of down gloom that doesn't want to locate itself in anything particular and that that is an, an absolute reality for, for so many and hopefully not for so long. And then we have Kayla Zaga and uh, she's got these quite incredible pieces about her mother um, macraming Stevie Nicks and then the piece that I possibly like the best uh you know it's just it's just so wonderful when you get startled and stunned by these images uh that you never imagined that you would become engaged by and new ways of talking about grief writing about grief thinking about grief of course uh that's a particular interest of mine so I'm going to end by reading the whole of Kilazaga's The Hairbrush and yeah, I'd just like to say thank you to the Fiddlehead. Uh, I laud them, I applaud them for putting this superb collection of poetry together and reviews for their summer issue. Go, 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 Canadian Literary Magazines. The Hairbrush by Kayla Zaga. A few days after he died, my mother found it in a drawer, matted with white hair, it resembled an old man cactus that had been meditating for centuries in the desert or a mostly eaten cone of cotton candy. From another angle, it was a giant cocoon at the end of a lacquered branch. Inside of it, a butterfly had been knitting wings for 66 years. Under other circumstances, it might have been mistaken for a microphone generating its own static, but there was nothing to say. No grand speeches to be made into it because... Ultimately, it looked like nothing as much as what it was, my dead father's hairbrush. Here, she said, handing it to me. Go grow yourself a new dad. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs>